Ion 2020, episode 323. When somebody's the president of the United States, the authority is total. The authority is total. The authority is total. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Find out what is in it. In an empire lies, the truth is treason. The truth is treason. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. By the military-industrial complex. I don't know about you, but I am always dealing with these clueless people on the internet and in my daily life, and I was looking to learn how to defend libertarianism, and if you're in that same position, you want to learn how to defend libertarianism, advocate for a free market, and win any political or economic debate, then you need to join Liberty Classroom. That's Tom Wood's Liberty Classroom, and you could do that by going to ionetheempire.com slash liberty. If you do that, you'll be able to earn the equivalent of a PhD in libertarian thought and free market economics online for just 24 cents a day. That's amazing. Once again, go to ionetheempire.com slash liberty. What's up? What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me. This is Ion2020, your place to find the news and the events that are going on in the 2020 election and across the United States from a libertarian perspective. That's right. That's what I That's what I have made this show all about lately. It originally started off as just Ion 2020, which was a look at the 2020 election. But with all the craziness going on in the world, I had to switch over to doing some news articles of the day as well. And this is not the most uh, impressive election of all times because there's not a lot of campaigning going on and stuff like that. So I kind of just, you know, messed around with the format a little bit. And I think, uh, you know, we've been increasing listeners every single day every single time i release a show that seems like the listener count goes up and up and up so i'm going to keep on doing what works and uh i appreciate those that are listening if it is your first time listening go ahead and give me a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcatcher especially apple podcast since apple podcast is pretty much uh 60 of all listens on podcasting goes through there uh i don't know if y'all knew this though joe rogan is actually moving from uh from all podcasts to over to Spotify and that'll be it. Uh, they have an exclusive deal with him and I was just listening to his show the other day and he's going to be switching over to just Spotify. So I wonder if a lot of you guys are going to switch over to Spotify. That was, that was something I was kind of curious about is whenever people are listening to podcasting, like for me, I only listen through my Apple podcast app and that's it. I listen to every show that I have through my Apple podcast app. Now, Joe Rogan, clearly is the number one podcaster in the world. I am nowhere near where he's at. I don't think there's any libertarian format that is anywhere near where he is at with a number of downloads, just because libertarianism is a pretty niche market as well as uh, there's, you know, it's just not a general show for all listeners. And Joe Rogan covers lots of different stuff. He covers hallucinogenics. He covers, you know, he just does, does these long format shows of interviews that he does for like two and a half, three, four hours sometimes. He'll just continue to go on and on. It's a really interesting format if you've ever listened to his show. 
But the, what I was looking at is if he's moving over to Spotify, will a lot of my listeners start listening to this show through Spotify? So I better, I mean, if you guys are Joe Rogan listeners, I'm not sure if any of you guys are or not, but will you start listening through Spotify? And then I got to start catch, capturing people through Spotify as well. The good thing is, is Anchor, which is the, uh, the host that I use, is owned by Spotify. So hopefully that helps out as well because I am found on Spotify, which is good. Uh, you could look up Ion the Empire or Ion 2020 there. Uh, I probably will be changing the name of the show over to Iron the Empire at some point, though. But yeah, so around the beginning of December, I think, is when Joe Rogan switches over to that. Um, not that I'm doing an advertisement for the guy by any means, but I was just wondering from a listening standpoint, how many people would actually switch over to a different podcasting formula? It doesn't, I mean, I guess there are people that are going to listen to this guy. I think he gets like 100 million Nah, maybe not that many. Maybe like, you know, 10 or 15 million downloads uh, per show. Probably more than that. I'm not sure. I know it's the number one podcast in the nation. So, uh, but anyway, besides that, that is not news. That is just stuff that I'm just talking about. So let's hop on to some ideas that I was thinking about today and some news stories that I found for you guys. All right. And I just want to make sure that we're covering, you know, news and general things from the election. And one thing I've noticed about the election is this. It is all Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And that is it, guys. That is it. I said this from the beginning. I said this back in 2019 when I started the show. Probably the first libertarian sh- or the show about the libertarian candidates that I did. I said this is not going to be a libertarian, like a, a strong libertarian turnout for this election. This is not going to be a third party's election. This is absolutely turning out to be the case. People are completely polarized on one side of the issue or the other. It's all in for Donald Trump, all in for Joe Biden. There's very few people in the middle. And I was wondering about this because Joe Jorgensen is the libertarian candidate. You guys might know that. If you listen to the show, you do know that. But most people don't know that. Most people haven't heard anything about Joe Jorgensen at all or Spike Cohen. Like These two are not getting any media publicity whatsoever. And I don't know that it's the media's fault. It is in some ways. Like, obviously, you should think to yourself if you're in the media, yeah, we're going to cover all of the stuff that's important. But in their minds, that's the Libertarian Party is not important whatsoever. And I was thinking about this today because there was a point that was made on a Facebook group that I'm in by a pretty popular Libertarian podcaster. And you might have read it if you're part of that group. I'm not sure. But he was saying that Joe Jorgensen has some good views and all that, but she's not making the impact that she needs to. And I got to thinking about it, and it's totally true. Like, they are not making an impact. They're not making a splash on the scene. They're not getting any media attention whatsoever. But I don't think it's their fault. I don't think it's the media's fault. I think it's, I think it's Joe Jorgensen and, and Spike Cohen's fault. Like, these two are not getting the media attention that anybody else would that was a bigger name. So it's their fault, but it's not something they can control. It's just they don't have... They don't have the name recognition that a libertarian candidate would need to to get any sort of media attention. Gary Johnson, everyone criticizes this guy for being somebody that can't say the right things on camera, sounds like an idiot, 
Uh, isn't somebody who's a libertarian. He's a libertarian in name only. He doesn't toe the party line. Whatever you want to say about the guy, he was able to get millions upon millions of people to vote libertarian in 2016 and in 2012. Like, it has been nothing but upward trajectory 2008, 2012, 2016 for the Libertarian Party. And maybe he wasn't a movement candidate that got people that were voting Libertarian to join the Libertarian Party. But those are independent people that were joining or that were voting Libertarian. They didn't make it a point to join the Republican Party or the Democrat Party, most likely. But he was able to get independent votes, people that are not going to join a party. Most likely. That's most likely the people that he was getting to vote for the Libertarians. And if a political party is anything, it's the goal is to get votes for candidates. Their presidential candidate, but not just the presidential candidate, the down-ballot candidates as well. And without somebody with with name recognition out there, without somebody who has some sort of higher office attached to their names, you're not going to have the media hype around that candidate at all. It was hard enough for, for Gary Johnson to get onto Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, and all those. And when, they, when he did, it was all about trying to catch him into some sort of Aleppo-type moment. Especially once this Aleppo moment happened, it was all about trying to undermine him and undermine his credibility and make him look foolish. But that only happened about a month before the election. Before that, if he did not have the Aleppo moment, he would have been fine going past that. But he was on MSNBC, guys. He was speaking to the few independent voters that are watching MSNBC. He was talking about to some of the more disenfranchised Democrats who are watching MSNBC who might be willing to vote for a libertarian. I mean, I know and my aunt, for example, or not my aunt, sorry, it's my cousin, for example. I'm the youngest of cousins, by the way, so I, I have um I think I have seventeen cousins and I'm the youngest and the oldest one is uh in his seventies. So and I'm in my I'm a, I'm in my early forties. So I mean there's like a thirty year spread between us and I'm the youngest by about 14 years actually so it's uh anyway so whenever I talk about my cousins sometimes I get mixed up with my aunts because they they were basically the same age as uh as my mom but anyway besides that point so um one of my cousins she is a total democrat like I mean from the Massachusetts area I mean from Massachusetts I think she lives in southern New Hampshire now maybe but she is tried and true New England Democrat, and she was voting for for um for Gary Johnson, so he was able to bring people over from the Democrat Party, from the Republican Party, but a lot of independents as well, and he was able to get, I think it was five or six percent of the vote. He was able to get a huge number of people to vote for him, which is unusual for a libertarian. But he was able to get, I think, two million votes or two and a half million votes in twenty twelve. So the Libertarian Party has gotten a huge number of increased votes. 2004, 2008, 2012, 2016, 
2020, Joe Jorgensen is not going to get a lot of votes. I don't see it. I mean, she has a Facebook group. There's people that are excited about her in there. But that's about it, guys. People that are trying to push her name out there. But the strategy is not there for this for this um, presidential campaign at all. And it's not that they're going to win. That's not the case. We're not looking for the Libertarian Party to win. We're looking for down ballot people to, to get on, like people down ballot to win, maybe. But we're looking for somebody that's going to get media attention. And this is the problem, what was what happens. And I'm saying this in hindsight because I might have been a part of it in some way, because I'm a, I, I talked to a lot of these people as well, but there's a group of people within the Libertarian Party that say that we should not be going for candidates that are going to generate hype, that are just hype candidates, that are people that used to be Republicans, but now they're running as Libertarians. We don't want... What's the... It's uh, the... Um, the governor... Oh, Lincoln Chafee, the governor of Rhode Island who is an independent governor, ran as a Democrat and a Republican, I believe, back when, but he became an independent in the early 2000s, and he's always had a a light libertarian streak. I wouldn't call him a libertarian by any means, but he he believes in fiscal conservatism. He believes in a liberal social agenda, things like that. Fiscally conservative, socially liberal. But socially liberal, he's not like for welfare state stuff and all that. But people drove him right out. He had no chance in the Libertarian Party this time. Nothing whatsoever. We tried it with Joe, or we tried it with with uh, Gary Johnson and and Bill Weld, and we're not going that route anymore. And everyone pushed that person out. Was he the best Libertarian? Probably not. Would he have espoused the Libertarian ideals to the nth degree as the most? ardent libertarian wants him to? No, that's not going to happen. Would he have been somebody who got onto all of the news channels at least once a week, twice a week, maybe even got a spot on like Fox News Sunday or something for a five minute segment? Yeah, probably would have. Is that good for the libertarian party? Not for the principled not for the principles of the Libertarian Party, but is it good for the Libertarian Party? I mean, you don't hear a lot of people say, oh yeah, I came over came over to the Libertarian Party because I'm a huge Gary Johnson fan. You don't hear that. You do hear a lot of people that said, I, I espouse Libertarian ideals because of Ron Paul, 2008-2012. That's true. But most people are not ideologues. They're not idealistic. They're not going to have a Libertarian podcast. They're not going to get active in the Libertarian Party. They wouldn't even get active in the Republican Party, the Democrat Party. Most people are not that type of person. But we do want to get votes for Libertarians. We do want to have a broad broad appeal to to, to the Libertarian Party. It opens up doors... It gets the idea that there's relevance within the party. It tells other people, specifically, it signals to other people 
that it's okay to vote libertarian. It signals other people that next time I might vote libertarian because I saw that so many people voted for Gary Johnson in 2016. But those people that voted for Gary Johnson in 2016, guys, they probably don't even know who Joe Jorgensen is. No idea. No idea. And it's not her fault. But it is her fault because she's not known. She does not have the national appeal, the national name recognition that somebody like Justin Amash would have had. Now, Lincoln Javy dipped his toe in the water and got out pretty quick. He kind of like alluded that he was going to be running and then he got out. He's like, whoa, this is not the Libertarian Party that will vote for someone like me this time. We have an uphill battle because there is so much ideological stuff going on within this party right now where we are gripping hold of ideology at the expense of the idea that we're looking to get votes in a national election. I mean, it, it sounds it sounds crazy to say that because I have I believe in the ideology of the libertarian mo- movement and the libertarian party, but I'm not going to sit here and say that votes don't matter because they do in a national election. So Lincoln Chafee dropped out. That's probably a good thing. He's he's not as libertarian as I'd like him to be. I I I'll say that. He would have had broad appeal in, a, in one sense. He probably would have gotten a ton of votes. He would have gotten a ton of media attention. He would have been a good, solid alternative to Joe Biden and Donald Trump, who, while there is this major amount of entrenchment on both sides, there's a lot of people that are disenfranchised with it as well. A good, solid third-party candidate that knows about all the BS that goes along with government and all that, can raise some money, probably has a bunch of donors on his call list, has people within politics that know how to get some money out of these donors, stuff like that, you know? Those are things that are important for a national campaign. Joe Jorgensen doesn't have that. Spike Cohen doesn't have that. Yeah, Spike Cohen, good, solid, ideologically correct libertarian. Joe Jorgensen, ideology is great. If you listen to her talk, she knows her libertarian stuff. She has libertarian credentials. She might, she's not an anarchist by any means to the nth degree, you know, but good ideology. She believes in the non-aggression principle and stuff like that, but she can't raise money. She's not the person that's going to get out there and get people to vote for her. I just don't see it. When we drove Justin Amash right out of there as well. He was actually in one of the debates. One of the debates that they had. I watched it. uh, It was like a Skype meeting of some sort. And they did a debate. Justin Amash was in there. And he did a pretty good job. But he got beat up from all sides for being a Republican two months earlier. And then becoming the first Libertarian congressperson. He wasn't good enough for them. He They pushed him right out. He saw it. He's like, this isn't something I could win. I'm not going to win the the uh, the presidential nomination at with with the party that as it is now a fractured party that's fighting against itself that 
that nobody could get along with in the party because everyone has their ideology of this side or that side or whatever, and everyone's entrenched in their views. No. What is the party there to do? It's to get votes, guys. And that's it. A mistake was made for the 2020 election. But I said it in 2019. Like I said, this is not a third party election year. It's not. So maybe 2024, you're going to have Joe Biden, who everyone's going to hate, who's pretty much probably turned over everything to Kamala Kamala Harris by then, right? So you got Kamala Harris, who's the first president, female president, who got in because Joe Biden retired, basically. Now she's the president. Because Joe Biden was diagnosed with dementia or whatever. If that's the case, I don't know if that's true or not. But whatever happens, let's say he just decides he's not going to run, but Kamala Harris becomes the the shoe-in for their nomination. So you're going to have that against Donald Trump Jr. or whichever Republican is, is put up. That will be a third-party year again. Maybe we'll have gotten to our senses by then, guys. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll realize that a good, solid, libertarian-leaning person that's not everything that you want him to be, but he's has national recognition he can get on the news agencies. Maybe they'll understand that. That's a pragmatic approach, and I don't consider myself a pragmatic person. I've had I've heard this fight back and forth, and I always side on the person that's the ideologue on a lot of things. The person that's focused on ideology. But when it comes specifically to a national presidential election, you get the person that's gonna get the media attention, and that's so important. Do you go with Dick Cheney? No, no. Of course not. That's a stupid argument in the first place. But do you go for a Rand Paul? Yeah. Do you go for a Lincoln Chafee? Sure, why not? Maybe not as good as Rand Paul. Do you go for a Justin Amash? Absolutely. Do you go for a Thomas Massey? Sure. Those are good, solid, libertarian guys. You know, that's all there is to it. You can't deny that. You really can't. There's no way to deny that. I think the Libertarian Party made a pretty big mistake. So that's all I got on that, guys. You guys know my my opinion. And maybe I'm the one that fed into it back then. You know, Maybe I'm the person who went along with it and said, yeah, maybe we should have somebody like a Joe Jorgensen or something because they have better ideology... And it should be an educational campaign. And we should be able to turn people on to the libertarian movement because of our ideology. But the thing is, is most people don't think the way that we do. Most people are not thinking ideology. They're just thinking, I'm just sick of the system and I want to vote for somebody other than Donald Trump or Joe Biden. And I want something that's good enough. And they haven't even heard of Joe Jorgensen yet. So how are they going to even know to vote for her? Because it's never crossed their desktop or their iPad or their MacBook or their telephone. The names never even crossed their mind. And that's, 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 that's sad to say, but it's not her fault. But it is her fault because she doesn't, she doesn't have the, 
ability to get the media attention because she's not a national figure. So that's all I got on that. That's all I'm going to say, man. Maybe we'll make our make make a better decision next time as a party to not push out Justin Amash when he gets into it. Anyway, guys, get this. Judge rules in Pennsylvania that the governor's shutdown orders are unconstitutional. It was a federal judge, but it was one of the, the regional appeals courts, I would imagine. U.S. District Judge Stickman IV on September 14th cited with the plaintiffs that included drive-in movie theaters, hair salons, farmers markets, and several GOP officials who sued as individuals the, about the Pennsylvania governor's orders to lock down. And the judge said that it was unconstitutional. And now the, pre- the uh, governor of Pennsylvania is attempting to challenge that and keep the lockdown order during that time. But all I have to say is this. That is a good precedent to be set. He's trying to challenge it so it can go to the like a, the Supreme Court, I would imagine. I'm not sure if it goes to the Supreme Court directly from there. But he's trying to challenge it to keep the lockdown order in place during that time until it's challenged. Uh, that could take a year, two years, three years in the courts. So that means that he has unlimited power at that point to do whatever he wants to. Hopefully the judge will say, hell no. But it's a good precedent that's been set that these lockdown orders are unconstitutional. They're something that they should not be doing. Lockdown the entire state. You can't go to work. You can't open your business. That is unlimited power of a governor, not through... The legislator, that's a, if it was a democratic process, it's a whole different story. But governors are just making written orders that say this stuff, and that's unconstitutional. We are guaranteed a democratic form of government within our states, a Republican form of government within our states. The governor is not the king, and that's great that the, that appeals court went ahead and um, and said it's unconstitutional. That's phenomenal. That's a good spot to be in. Next article that I found was from antiwar.com. And get this, remember when they were talking about this bounty on the heads of American soldiers that Russian that Russia put on the put on the heads of American soldiers and that if the Taliban goes in there and kills Americans that uh, they would get they would get ten thousand dollars or whatever. And they said, oh, yeah, it was on Donald Trump's desks and he just ignored it. Yes. So you haven't heard about it anywhere else except for here. But this is from antiwar.com. And uh, it says that Intel still hasn't corroborated the Russian bounty story. That's from antiwar.com. That's amazing, right? After the detail review, no link has been found to verify the claims that Russia offered the Taliban bounties to kill U.S. troops. Months after New York Times reported that Russia secretly offered bounties to the Taliban to kill U.S. troops in Afghanistan, a top U.S. commander says a detailed review of all available intelligence found no corroboration of the story. Isn't that amazing, right? That was a hit piece put on Donald Trump. And you guys know I don't defend Donald Trump and all this stuff, but it is just insane the things that they go after this guy on because of this. 
And you know what it was at the time is they were trying to negotiate this peace deal with the Taliban. They've been working on it for a year now. And the deep state is going to fight to keep them in there. And that's the problem. They worked through the New York Times to get this, to float this story out there to try to kill Donald Trump's chances of having some sort of negotiated peace, some sort of troop movement out of there. The deep state is trying to protect itself. The military industrial complex is trying to protect itself. And we know this, guys. We know this. I mean, Donald Trump alluded to it the other day, last week, on Monday, when he said that the generals don't like me because they're trying to make sure that the pockets are lined of these corporations that are making the bombs and the guns and the airplanes and the boots and the food for the soldiers and all that stuff. All these military contractors have to stay in business. All these military contractors and these corporations that are making the bombs and the guns and the war equipment, they want to be protected. And the generals are going to do it. Donald Trump lifted that curtain just a little bit and let us know. It's interesting, isn't it? So anyway, that is the other one that I got for you. Then the last article that I had for you was about Julian Assange, okay? So he is getting, they are putting him into a position right now where they are trying him for all these stupid crimes and stuff like that. And it just amazes me that this continues to go on. And the reason why is because he didn't do anything wrong. And this is sickening to me. He released information that was given to him as a journalist. This is an attack on journalism. This is a direct attack on journalism. It's like the, not the first one that's ever happened, but they are silencing this guy. They are not allowing him to do his job as a journalist now. And this is wrong. It's a direct infringement on the freedom of the press. And we need to work to fix that, okay? We need to work to fix that. Let your friends know about that stuff. Share these articles, follow the Eye on the Empire, and then share the articles that I post on there because it's really interesting. It's really important that we let more and more people know about these things, these injustices that are going on, all right? Now, I do appreciate you guys joining me. Uh, if you want to, you could go on and uh, email me, Ray at I on the Empire. If you want to follow I on the Empire on Facebook and on Twitter, you can do that as well. If you just type in I on the Empire, I think if you type at I on the Empire, you'll find me there. I on the Empire.com is the website as well. Uh, but I appreciate those, those that continue to listen to the show. Share it with your friends. Let your friends know what's going on. Uh, when I post a show on Facebook or on Twitter or on the website, share that with your friends as well as we can get more and more people listening to the show. Uh, but the best thing you could do is that five-star rating and review because that, that allows new people that are searching for libertarian shows to find the show as well. And then the other great thing you can do is come on back every Monday and Thursday, especially this coming Monday, so you can have clear vision for 2020.